Barstool Sports founder Dave Portnoy sits down and has a candid interview with President Trump. Some are calling it the best Trump interview. I definitely think it's an important moment in this year's presidential campaign. We're also going to discuss some of our favorite all-time interviews, who are some of the best interviewers and people being interviewed. Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K-Cartoon. This is RX Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you are officially Hanging with Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics and current news with a philosophical and comedic flair. And our take on it, two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Going over to Twitter, follow us at Hanging with Apes. Going over to our website, that's hangingwithapes.com. Sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip hop music, go to any major music streaming platform, type in Audio Apes, and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. It truly is the best. And you can follow me personally at Kill Cartoon on Twitter, and you can follow him personally at RX Phonics. Very, very nice. So, Dave Portnoy has been very vocal about some of the restrictions that have befallen the United States in the midst of this coronavirus. That, to be honest, is actually how I even really discovered him or known about him. I really didn't know about him prior to it. But a lot of his statements about the coronavirus and about the lockdowns and and about how these quote unquote experts have been wrong have made a lot of sense. Uh, seems like a pretty smart, logical guy. And what I like about him and his attitude and his take on these matters is that he's like us in the sense where just because somebody has a degree or a title or or something he still doesn't necessarily buy what they are selling just because they are yeah. again a quote unquote expert yeah and and the thing of it is is there's a lot of people air quotations that are experts and you see them fail pretty miserably at predicting anything yeah. when it comes to science. Um, you see them checking in, like those CDC people that probably get paid pretty handsomely to, to just go to a building and pretend that they know what the fuck they're doing and then leave. And, well, okay, yeah, they have a degree, but they, they don't know anything. Like, they don't know anything. Um, or at very least, they don't know as much as they lead on. Yeah. To, to, to they lead people on that they know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like you're going to have an idea of, of what what a, a virus will do, right? Like, like COVID-19. That shit was pretty unprecedented. Uh, but if you actually go back, and a perfect example is Fauci. You go back from the beginning of the pandemic to now, for the most part, has been wrong. Yeah, definitely. Like, for the most part. Oh, no, you don't have to worry. You don't have to wear masks. You don't have to. 
it, it'll be fine you know we we mostly yeah. don't have anything to worry about in this country no. to lock down to never being able to shake hands again to cancel football yeah. to it, it it's such back and forth the masks work the masks don't work it can survive long on surfaces it doesn't survive that long on surfaces the heat kills it nope the heat doesn't kill it I it's, mean, it's airborne. Well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it's airborne. It's not airborne, or it's kind of airborne. It's semi-airborne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I wish, I wish, I get that many chances to be wrong in life. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, like that'd be nice to have that many shots at being wrong. Yeah, especially when an economy is at stake, a world economy, really. If you're looking at at all these situations, and then you see some of the things that he says. New York handled it the best? What the fuck are you oh, watching? Oh, yeah. Tim Pool was very critical of that. Yeah, like, wh- wh- what do you... Please, Dr. Fauci, entertain me. Like, wh- what did they do that was so great? Because, like, you saw what they did with the... The nursing homes. The nursing homes. You saw, like, I, I don't know that they handled it very, very great. I mean, granted, New York, I would assume, gets a lot more people like coming in in and out but still like you have that scandal with 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 uh the older people with the nursing homes um you have the the one day trump is 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 cool with them the next day oh he's not doing enough uh they didn't know what they needed they said oh well we're we're we need ventilators we don't have any they ended up having more ventilators than than they absolutely needed like so they were wrong on a lot of things. So I, yeah, remember that, that yeah. was the other thing. There's going to be such a shortfall of ventilators. Yeah, and now we're giving ventilators away. Yeah. Now it, it's it's just you know science is science. It's all theory, right? And 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 you saw the science isn't always a hundred percent. And, well, and but the thing is, science should not like this has been all theory. But science shouldn't be all theory. Sci- science should be okay, hypothesis, and then okay, this is what we <laughs> discover. This is the situation. Not oh, well, we think, we think, we think. Now, I will give, I will cut them slack in in in, in the sense that this is something new. This is something that we've never dealt with before. Yeah. So, in that regard, everybody has leeway to be wrong because it's something that's never been dealt with before. But because it's something that we don't really have a strong grasp on and have 100% information or 100% understanding of, then why do you make these, these really dark and stringent assertions of what will take place and and what will be when you don't know you know what i'm saying now granted he does use his words very wisely fauci does yes when it comes to stuff he never he never gives absolutes but the language that he surrounds his speculations yeah is not very helpful either and i agree 100 percent with what the president uh how the president described Fauci in the Chris Wallace interview as an alarmist. 100% I agree with that assessment. And then yeah. Fauci kind of 
responded to that by saying he's a realist. Um, I don't know. A realist is usually a little bit more on point. Yeah. I don't think you're that much of a realist. I think you are an alarmist, smart guy, expert, all of that, you know, all of these accolades, be that as it may, definitely a, a little bit of an alarmist. That and also you should you should have been a lot more prepared for that if that's your field, right? To understand, right? Like, But, but how, have, like if you don't know what, if this is something new, like it's... Yeah. It, how how prepared can you possibly be? And that's the thing, though. Like, like right now, yeah. right now, the best general might be there. And he might be like, man, if fucking Russia ever comes in, or 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 China invasion, North Korea, whatever the case, and they try to invade the homeland, we're prepared. Yeah. And and he's the expert in that. But then, like, you have some fucking flying monkeys or whatever. Like you, it's it's yeah. something you never seen dealt with so in that regard i'll cut that quote-unquote expert slack but then once you're wrong the first four five six times then i would start kind of being so adamant about the 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 degree of certainty that you you phrase things or yeah. or, or the way you phrase things or just especially considering the fact that the media manipulates so much of the stuff and then that's the other thing is maybe it's not necessarily the experts that are are so much the alarmist because definitely the media yeah. are alarmist so they don't make the situation any better either and, and then we also have to understand that the media will politicize this to make Everything, trump yeah. look bad which which is also uh pretty concerning Given the fact that, like, you guys are here to tell us what is and what isn't, not what you think, or you know, blaming blaming Trump for for things that his experts said. Well, you shouldn't be alarmed. All right, cool. I shouldn't be alarmed. I'm gonna put as as the leader of the free world. I'm gonna be like, okay, well, my you know, uh, Fauci, Burks, they they told me we shouldn't worry. Let's let's proceed. You know what I mean? Shutting again, I will go back and I'll always say this. Shutting down the economy is an extreme thing and you should not take that lightly. I said that before and I say that now and we shut it down and who's to say that it even helped really because in the end it doesn't even look like it did no. because yeah. It's still like, spreading. I mean, like yeah, it's still spreading. Yeah. They're saying that like, you know, there's so many cases obviously a lot of the cases we know about because of how much testing we're doing which i didn't know this this is really crazy as of right now we're in the ballpark number of 55 million tests have been conducted the most in the world number one in testing in the world the next country with like 14 15 million is india that they're that far behind they're like Damn. 40 million tests behind us Shit. so and that's the other thing like the media doesn't doesn't talk about that that's yeah. pretty good considering this is a new virus and everything like that also if you think about it and 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 when you phrase it the way that i'm about to phrase it it's sort of depressing because I was telling somebody this yesterday and that was their sentiment and I share that sentiment with them. In all of this time, 
and everything that has taken place, lockdowns, stimulus package, hurt economy, hurt job market, hurt stock market, uncertainty about the future, uncertainty about school, uncertainty about opening your business again, uncertainty if you'll ever be able to open your business again, uncertainty about evictions, uncertainty about everything. In the end, what did we really gain from any of it? You know what we gained? We gained the same talking points over and over for stuff that we've already known for decades. Think about this. The only thing in all of this that we've learned is stuff that we already knew to do when somebody was sick. Wash your hands, sneezing your elbow, yeah. coughing your shirt, keep your distance. If you don't feel well, stay home. Don't go to work if you don't feel well. Don't go to school if you don't feel well. At the end of all of this, that is the only thing that we've gained. That is the only solid piece of information that we've been able to take and apply anything to, which we've known already for decades. So it took a lockdown and billions of dollars printed and people possibly losing their homes and jobs and businesses all for... Wash your hands. That, exactly. <laughs> Use now, sanitizer. don't like to lean and venture into conspiracy theories, but at a certain point, you start to kind of realize, well, is this politically motivated to keep things a certain way to either one, make the pill of socialism a little bit easier to swallow in terms of, oh, well, you don't know if you're going to go back to work. If you can go back to work, so just take this young ass check, yeah. sit on your couch and, and, and be content or to just you know put the economy in shambles like i don't have anything to substantiate those claims because obviously none of these people that would be behind something like that would ever admit to it but at a certain point i mean all right if you feel you're vulnerable keep yourself away from society social distance do whatever but at, i mean like what's what's the agenda especially when i i don't know i'm no expert but it seems like we're well past the point of containment. So yeah. with all of that said, these are the type of things that the founder of Barstool Sports, Dave Portnoy, he'll say stuff like that. That whole that whole back and forth that you and I just had yeah. about the COVID-19, he'll say those same type of things and it gets people listening. People are like, because yeah. he, I think he has over a million people that follow him on Twitter. He has a following. Obviously, a lot of people rock with the Barstool Sports. I don't know much about that company, but I do see their ads on Snapchat. I do see a lot of their posts on Instagram. People like them. People talk about them. Yeah. So obviously, that 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 company that that brand has a following. On top of the founder has a following. It's you think about it and you look at it and it's like, all right, well, I understand why people rock with some of the things that he's saying because there's a lot of stuff that we're not really getting answers on. Yeah. yeah. And you made a valid point when it comes to like when you said, oh, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but it makes you think. And why do you think there's a situation with the whole mask thing? Oh, I don't want to wear the mask. 
Well, because there's already no trust between government and the people. Yeah. There's no trust between the media and the people. So now we don't fucking believe you guys. Like, people, Americans don't believe you guys. So now you get that. Like, yes, we should all, to prevent the spread, wear masks. But, again... There's this information, there's that information, inconsistency, you're playing politics. People don't believe you anymore. And what's crazy about the mask situation, I don't know if you saw the the news recently, Walmart and Home Depot are amongst two of the many stores. I think also Family Dollar and Dollar Tree are in that group that they're not going to enforce the mask policy anymore because it's causing too much drama. Like, yeah. some people don't want to wear the mask. They come in. They need a shop. They need to get their stuff. Motherfuckers talking about you got to wear a mask. They don't want to wear a mask. Some people have anxiety about the mask. There's a lot of different issues going on with the mask. So a lot of retailers, they're just not going to enforce it. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. And it's sort of a crazy, I would say, counterculture stance against all of the 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 hocus pocus surrounding this whole coronavirus thing because it is a lot of hocus pocus because the reality is is we don't know how legitimate what again air quotations these experts are saying like we don't know how legitimate like the stuff that they're telling us to follow is perfect example i was thinking about this the other day all of these places that enforce the mask policy that are all about masks What's so funny about it is if you remember back to when this first started, remember the whole thing about how the only real effective mask is the N95? Yep. Yeah. Now all of a sudden a surgical mask or is... Or a cloth mask or all yeah. of that. And then remember when we were like, because again... Cloth masks don't do anything. Exactly. And yeah. that's what I was going to say. When we were back, back when like this whole thing first started and you and I were doing our research and obviously we were going off of what we were told so we were buying masks or testing and then here i did that little test with the mask where i was spraying like to see which masks actually don't let droplets go through and when i was doing those spray tests almost every cloth mask for the most part it went through so what does that protect though because when i go to the store where i'm out in the streets i mostly see custom cloth masks so that's another thing is like you're enforcing these policies for something that at the end of the day you don't even know if it's effective or not but yet you're so adamant about mask 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 and uh, if you don't have the mask on the security guard will walk up to you you gotta wear your mask and be rude and all type of shit like that when it's like dude like calm down like do you even really stop to think about critically think about what it is that you're enforcing yeah, right yeah, now yeah, yeah. again something that dave portnoy would bring up and yeah. and talk about and 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 in that sort of manner and if you notice too with surgical masks you see the little fibers like obviously it's nowhere near what an n95 the effectiveness of an n95 and even then it still is a better mask than cloth masks and an n95 still you could get it could get through. It's just, but it, but but that you're saying that the surgical mask is better than a cloth mask. But again, how do you substantiate that? Because I've read that the surgical mask should only be worn on somebody that's sick. 
Yeah. That, well, yeah, and that's that's. But the thing is, because of the fibers that it has, mm-hmm. it doesn't stop it completely. Because like, if you cough, it'll get through. Some uh, a, a lot, uh, not like how it would be if you didn't have the mask on. But the way the fibers are made, it is made for people that are sick. So basically, it's if if you're asymptomatic, and you're walking around with the mask on, well then yeah, you're good. But that's also the only thing that I've heard. I've never heard that it protects you from if someone doesn't have a mask and then you're breathing. Mm-hmm. It's more so based off of the fact that like if you have it or or if and you're walking around not having it, that mask would do better than a cloth mask because the cloth mask, like if you actually zoom in, like the like the way the the fabric is, is just like a, sh- a bunch of holes mm-hmm. in there. Now. The surgical mask has that too, but it's just like I guess the way the fibers are made, like interwoven, yeah, they're like real thin. Yeah, and that's why it's very annoying. Like if you wear it for a while, like it's like like the little hairs. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it's it's more effective, but but it's isn't. It's one of those things where there hasn't been a consistent this works or this doesn't work. Some people said like like I said from the beginning they said it didn't work. So if it doesn't work. How how did it magically work? Uh, I saw I saw a meme online when it came to like uh, different masks. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, masks for like asbestos, masks for like chemicals. It's all like crazy ass masks. It's like masks for the most uh, for the deadliest virus in all humankind. Uh, and then it's just a surgical mask. It's like really come on. <laughs> so so again, I don't blame people. Uh, I blame really the media and and the way the so-called experts have botched it from the beginning. Then, who's to say what the numbers really are as far as COVID deaths? Because that's another situation that could could be inflated. Oh, this person had underlying issues. Wait, was it the underlying issues or was it COVID? You know what I mean? Because COVID could affect you, but if you were already sick, right? Like, let's say you had an advanced form of cancer, then didn't you die from cancer? Right. You know what I mean? And that's a whole nother thing that, that um, Crowder w- was talking about. Like, mm-hmm. the numbers, like, because the, the, the thing is, too, the hospitals get funded more yeah. if, if it's if it's COVID-related. So the numbers could very well be inflated to be a lot worse than it really was, you know? And now that we've, you know, we've been through all of this, you're seeing that, that again, it's pre- pre-existing conditions older people and 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 it's everyone else is is pretty fine like the numbers aren't like drastically bad like across the board it's like well it's understandable like the people that are a little bit more at risk but that's why you you have the measures that you can or or or, or won't take depending on on what you want to do but i think that at that point you don't want to infringe on people's freedom you know, from because because then you have to also think about if this vaccine comes out, if it even works, right? Because they don't have a vaccine for the flu, like they don't have a vaccine that fixes the flu. The flu is ever changing, ever evolving, so you don't really stop the flu. Is this what the COVID uh, nineteen vaccine is going to be? You know what I mean? And are you going to force people to take that? vaccine as well mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't you know not a lot of people are going to be pretty cool with that i mean I, I i wouldn't even be and i'm not even an anti-vaxxer but i'm not like 
if I don't need it, I don't want it. Right. I don't even like to take too many pills, to be honest. Like, I don't... If I could get get away with with kind of being all natural, it, it's better because you don't want to train your body. I have asthma. I'm supposed to take Flovent every morning and every night. I don't do that. You know why I don't do that? Because I don't need it. Like, why would I take Flovent and train my lungs to need help? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and lo and behold... My asthma is a lot better than a lot of people's asthmas. Yeah. Like, I don't take albuterol. Like, if, if I like, you know, when I take albuterol, like, if we're gonna go play basketball, or if we're gonna go for a run, we're gonna go hit the stairs or something. You know, like something that's gonna be, you know, you're it, exert it, yourself. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna exert yourself. But but it's like we we don't want to. Again, we don't want to. If you don't want to take something, now you're forced to. So so that's that's a slew of other things that you're seeing from like the the Bill Gates of the world and, and and the people that want to push this type of stuff so so it, it, it's it's a situation where you, this is why there's all this mistrust and then that's where like the conspiracy theories happen too and that's where a guy like Portnoy comes in where he more or less makes sense of these things asks the right questions is critical of the right people and because of that, just being a really just normal and rational guy, he gets invited to the White House. And while he's at the White House, I don't know like how this happened or why or, or, or what made them decide to do it. But while he's there, he asks if he can interview the president, which is wild because you're there to just kind of for the, the, the whole production of, oh, OK, here I'm visiting the White House and then. Yeah. Yeah, hey, you know, you think I'd be able to get an interview with the president? And what's wild, even more wild than that, is the president agrees. Now, granted, there's a lot of people, and you're within the realm of reason, that are going to say, oh, well, you know it was scripted. You you know that he knew he was going to get interviewed. And that might be true, but we don't have any evidence of that. And as of right now... All parties involved are saying that it was a candid, unscripted yeah. interview where they decided to sit down and have a real talk. And why I find that interview so important about this particular election and somebody that we rock with on Twitter, Anomaly, he actually thinks, and he has a huge following, he actually thinks that this is Trump's best interview ever. I don't know if I'd say that it's Trump's best interview ever, but I think that it's definitely one of the most important moments of this particular election and of Trump's campaign is because you got a glimpse of Trump relaxed, humorous, in a comfortable environment. Familial too. The, the, the sort of Trump and the sort of aura that you got in 2016 and the sort of comfort that you see the left and the mainstream media have intentionally been attempting to shake of the president and i would say that by and large they've done a pretty good job of it because like i've said before on this show the president doesn't have the same energy that he had before. 
you could see that he's been beaten down. And I don't think that he is personally tired. That's not the energy that I get from him or fatigued. I think that it's just kind of he's tired of the merry-go-round. Like, I'm going to say something. They're going to come at me. It's going to be wild. It's going to be misinterpreted. They're going to spin it or, or, or take my words out of context and everything like that. Where with this particular interview, he knew that it wasn't going to happen. Yes. And he got to just be normal and have a real interview. He got to have the type of interview that Obama had for eight years. Oh, he got to have oh, the yes. type of interview that if anybody interviews Biden, Biden will have. Yeah. Maybe other than Chris Wallace. because And that's one thing that I will rock with Chris Wallace on. For as critical as a lot of people on the right have been towards Chris Wallace... For the Trump interview, saying, "Oh, he made the president look bad. He's he's a lefty, this, that, and the other." He's and that's, fair. that's even yeah. the president's criticism of him. Yeah. And maybe Chris Wallace does lean a little bit to the left. He still is relatively fair, and I don't have any doubt in my mind that he would ask yeah. some fastball questions of Joe Biden. I don't think, I don't know, but I I would venture to say that he probably wouldn't go as hard on Biden as he did Trump. Yeah. But he, in in an hour worth of talking to Biden, there'd yeah. definitely be three or four fastballs in there. Yeah, yeah. Curveballs, fastballs. Like yeah. he he'd mix it up. Yeah, he, he he and he wouldn't. And he's a type too that he likes to kind of press, but but in a he's good the way. Press. That's yeah. his job. Yeah, but see, it's hard for journalists to press without grandstanding. That's the thing. Like he doesn't grand. Like he doesn't. He. He'll press or he'll he'll correct, like he, when he was correcting yeah, he Trump fact on certain him, things. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's fine. And, and, and but Trump also fact checked him because yeah. the models that they were using again, leaning on the experts, were two different models. So one model has the United States at a certain place when it comes to uh, the mortality rate, and another another model has it in another place. Both both uh, uh, cultivated by the experts. Yeah. So that, you know what I'm uh, saying? Which one is it? <laughs> I feel like the Kanye uh, West uh, Life of Pablo album cover. Which one? Which one? Well, and that's the thing. Like, with... This is what irks me about the whole situation is Biden, on the other hand, he'll have a press conference or say something and then like i think i think you retweeted where he's like hey, yeah and I, and I don't have time for questions i gotta be somewhere else wild like, really <laughs> so at, at what point You're is running gonna, for president yes, yes at what point are you gonna take questions at what point are you gonna have interviews if Do you Trump, think that this is gonna help you if uh, vince uh commented when i retweeted that and i think his his comment was spot on if Trump did that, oh, God. oh my God. Oh, what is he hiding? He's scared. This, that, and the other. Unfit. Biden, not a peep about it. Yeah. So I still feel like as soon as this shit turns up, like, and, 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 and Biden and Trump are face to face, that's where I feel everything is over because I just don't feel. His admi uh, Biden's administration is hiding him, hiding him, protecting him. The the I think the instant that that they let him fly on his own, as he's in a sputter into a screeching halt, because like he can't even. 
give him a minute and he he's already lost so that's the thing that that that's pretty unfair as well is is um i i was very glad that chris wallace made it public knowledge that his show and his people did want to have an interview with biden and biden turned them down or the what his campaign said uh that he he doesn't have time what is he doing he's not campaigning yeah, yeah what do you mean he doesn't have time get the fuck out of here you people are insane yeah <laughs> like 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 honestly yeah, like yeah. You, you people are 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 wacky and insane and, and if you think about for a minute like when someone has a throne in anything when you're the king when you're the 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 champion of something the contender is the hungry one the contender is you, like you would think yeah, yeah like the contender's like oh i got two weeks to train for this guy whatever give me two weeks i i, I think i could beat him i think i beat him biden you're not the president I, I hope you know that and i hope your administration knows that and i hope at some point you you come out to try to actually win because like carrying a dead body for 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 months on in is not going to do you anything when you get fed to this line called trump because like Look at what Trump did to Hillary. Look at what Trump did in the primaries for the 2016 uh, election. The primaries. Yeah. He ate them all up. Like he was fucking Pac-Man. And then he destroyed Hillary. And Who's, and, who's way more f- smarter, way more sophisticated than Biden. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and was just coherent. So do you, like, this is going to be bad. This is going to be some Game of Thrones shit. Like... Dude might 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 like Biden might die like 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 on some Joffrey shit like he just ah, just pass out because like like he 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 can't deal with like I just don't see uh I don't see it but again it it depends on how they play it because if they hide them enough you know but the thing is you're not going to then be able- at that point if you continue the hiding him game all you're doing you're really just banking on people not liking Trump enough to vote him out but then at that point you're really not going off of anything that you can anything tangible you're really just going you're 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 really buying into the hype yeah. of that CNN and MSNBC sells yeah. you're you've you've officially bought into the hype if your goal is to just hide Biden enough to get him to the White House, just banking off of people not liking Trump enough to vote for Biden. But where that fails and where that no longer will be a good strategy is once Biden picks a vice president, now is his vice president as quiet as he is? Yeah, the dynamic changes. The dynamic changes because now the American people know more about... And that's why we're 100 days from the election. He still has not picked a vice president. Yeah. And not to mention, Kanye West is a huge monkey wrench just thrown into Biden's... Culturally, yes, very much so. Like, Chance the Rapper saying he don't rock with Biden. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Kanye saying that. Now you're starting to see people be like, nah, like, Charlemagne is like, kind of like, a- a- after the interview, Charlemagne the God's like, 
yeah, you keep calling Trump a racist. You should look at yourself. Type yeah, shit. Ka- Kanye tweeted. It was so wild. He's like, I could be Biden off of Ridens. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like that's 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 an all-out attack. What you're saying right there to your your Twitter following is. I'm not even in on the ballot in certain states. I won't even be on the ballot in certain states yet. I believe I could beat dude off of writings. Yeah. That is that is some pretty pretty wild stuff and the dynamic will definitely change once he picks his vice president unless they already have picked a vice president and they're just coaching this person on how to operate in the campaign once everything happens and it's going to make waves once he picks his vice president because a lot of people and i don't have any metric for this i i don't i don't know the exact number this is anecdotal based off of people that i i talk to observational a lot of people that i've talked to really believe that whoever biden picks as his vice president that Biden is just a placeholder for that person. Yeah. If you even have out of the 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 middle, I'm talking about the political spectrum here, the middle going all the way to the left. If you even have a third of the people on the left side of the political spectrum that believe that, even a third of them or speculate that, that in and of itself could be enough for Biden to lose the presidency because if they see him as a placeholder for whoever he picks as vice president yeah. and that person is more than likely radical because right now from what we know and what his campaign has put out, he has narrowed it down to four women of color. Huh. Well... Unless one of those women of color is Tulsi Gabbard, which prominent women of color right now are moderate? None of them. None. No. None of them. So that means if a third of the people on the left side of the political spectrum think that Biden is a placeholder for somebody who there's three fourths of a chance is is a radical lefty. Yeah. <laughs> And they don't rock with that shit, and they're like the more moderate ones. That in and of itself could be enough to 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 vote to not rock with Biden, and enough for a lot more voters to come out to be like, "Damn, I gotta vote against that shit." Yeah. And then you now you start to turn people against Biden and his vice president. And you know damn well the instant, almost within the hour, that he picks somebody, and they're like one of those radical leftists. Brad Parscale is going to unleash just fury oh, yeah. on fucking all social media platforms. If he already doesn't have a whole slew of shit for Stacey Abrams, a whole slew of shit for Kamala Harris, a whole slew of shit for... The only one that I think he wouldn't have a whole slew of shit for is Gabbard because she's pretty yeah. moderate. But I don't really think Biden would pick her. I don't think so. If he does pick her... Ew. Yeah, Things, that, that, that that's a little scary yeah. because now you have a lot more moderate favorability. Yes, yeah, and you don't look so like radical. But 
it's tough because all the rock stars on the left are are radicals. Like, yeah. who really is a moderate on the left that's a rock star? Because if, if you remember and you think about how the left treated Gabbard, I don't even think... She didn't even poll well with any... That the, the Democratic National Committee would... Like, obviously, it's Biden's choice, but the influence that they have on Biden, I don't even think they would allow him to pick Gabbard because they didn't. There were times they didn't even allow her to debate. Yeah, you're right. You're so right. I that would be that would be a shocker to me. Um, yeah. And then of course, it could be Elizabeth Warren. Obviously, we know she's not of color, but she believes she is. So maybe <laughs> Biden thinks she is too. <laughs> oh Lord, Pocahontas. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, but but um, and her, she's basically female Bernie. Yeah, yeah, but no, nah, it's not gonna be her. Like, uh, yeah. it's that that that's a joke. But like, I mean, she's not of color, <laughs> even though she thinks she is. She believes she is. Um, what were your thoughts overall on the Dave Portnoy interview with the president? Uh, I felt it was a moment where, because the thing is, too, it's been war, all-out war for Trump, and you have to have your war face on. And I think the the number one thing I got from it, um, the interview was was a very good interview. I enjoyed the interview because it was calm. It was it was just kind of like, well, why? Like like when he asked him why why you had it all, why why would you run for president? And he's like, yeah. yeah, I remember like the day before I announced, like it was like the best day of my, like yeah when it like in my whole life when when it came to everything, everything was good, everything was was great. And when I announced. That's when I started, like, my wife said that she heard booze sometimes, like, from, yeah. from the crowds. It was the first time that she would, she ever heard booze. I felt that that was just such a natural conversation. Like, he was being honest, um, open, familial. I felt like, and then afterwards, when, they, when uh, Portnoy calls his dad. Yeah. Like, it, I don't know, it just felt like real, like... It's a side of Trump you really don't see because Trump is such a he he he's he's one of those like ah oh, well you you want to fight I'm gonna fight harder type of guy and so with his guard down it it did leave another impression big time like this guy's a pretty down to earth guy you know it's hard it, it's hard to think of someone down to earth as if they're just you know, in fight mode all the time yeah so I felt that that's the number one thing I got from that. And actually, the number one thing that 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 would resonate uh, with families, right? And and like like they say, like the 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 middle aged white woman, right? That that's a demographic. I think when they see that, they see more like a yeah. a family guy, a real kind of hey man, like hey, I'm just I'm here. Uh, I I agree one hundred percent with that assessment. Yeah. And I that's one of the reasons why I think that that interview was so important because even before Portnoy puts his dad on FaceTime and then you know he shows himself there with the president he mentions how his dad is not a big fan of Trump. Yeah. Yes. And and and, and you see like yet and still with everything and all the criticism that the president is taking in that moment, Trump is very civil with the dad. The dad is very civil with him. 
and like it it it, it totally washes away the interview of any politics, any culture, and just makes it human. Yes. Yes. Trump would have more of those moments, but the media would never allow it. They'll never they they never afford him those moments like they afford so many other politicians. I remember during the whole well, we're still in the whole COVID nineteen pandemic, and but during the time, well, this was before uh, Kaylee McEnany had hit the scene, and when Trump himself was doing the daily pressers about the the, the COVID nineteen and the updates and everything like that. She handled that so well. Oh, she's she's amazing. Um, he was asked a question, and he was asked this question twice on two different occasions but one he was asked in a very kind of nasty way i think it was i, I don't want to i don't want to uh, uh give any accurate information but i want to I, I believe it was from an nbc reporter he's like what do you tell people that are scared at home and everything like that and, and then and then like he kind of like snapped on dude because motherfucker like what we're up here doing is what you tell them. Like, this yeah. is why we're here. Like, yeah. you're so like what you're trying to you're essentially you're more or less delegitimizing all of us being up here. Uh. It's not just and that's why terms like what a nasty question, because yeah. really like like that would be that's almost the equivalent if we were in a classroom and the teacher's been teaching for like an hour all kind of theories and this and that and is passionate about it and brings in guests and, and, and like all this stuff and we're in the back and we raise our hand uh, when are you going to start teaching the class when are you going to yeah well I've I've been up here doing that yeah. like that so that's essentially the same thing it's it's condescending it's disrespectful and you're delegitimizing everybody's efforts and, up there not I, just his and not only that but then you play this this little Game about oh, why do you call it Chinese virus? Why do you call it China virus and all that? Like I feel like that is pretty yeah. disingenuous in, in itself because like it came from there. They from China <laughs> from China. <laughs> the way he says it, but 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 that was like one form of the question that he was asked, and then now another form of the question he was asked. But I don't even know who this reporter was or or what media outlet he worked for. But he asked that same question, but for children, what do you tell children? I remember that question too. Now, this is very different because children more than likely are not on their phone checking the news or watching TV all the time about the coronavirus. So what what parents tell their children versus the information that the parents receive themselves are different and they're tailored differently. And then Trump proceeded to have what I thought was a very human moment where he says, well, you tell them that they're in the greatest country in the world and not to be scared that they're strong. And like he went on to this whole thing. If Obama had said that, oh, my God, America's the love darling. that he would have received. What a compassionate and heartfelt president. Yeah. All of this, all of that. Trump didn't get any of that. In that moment, because he's in an arena where they can afford not to afford him that opportunity because they yeah. don't have to, because it's more or less their arena. Yeah. With the Dave Portnoy situation, 
it was legitimate and nobody could have taken that away because it wasn't the mainstream media. I think that's what one of the reasons why why that interview was so important. And I guess we'll see what what, what uh moving forward where this goes because I think that that should be a formula maybe a way to combat that is get a little bit more personal maybe do interviews with 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 people like Portnoy where where it's uninterrupted and you're not getting all these questions from somebody else well the man seems down to take an interview with damn near everybody I think the only person or people that he wouldn't take an interview with right now is probably like CNN and MSNBC and that's because you know it's gonna be a hit piece like yeah. You don't have anything, any reason to believe that it wouldn't be a hit piece. Now, the way that I am, I would 100% do an interview with CNN, but I wouldn't do it like now with an election going on because they are going to take every little thing and make it into something. And I'm going to pretty much give them hours worth of footage that they can manipulate and contort. So no, I wouldn't do it like in these what, less than 100 days towards the election? Yeah. I wouldn't do it right now. But, like, just a normal times, definitely, because, like, fuck you guys. And I, I would always try to, like, bob and weave and outsmart them. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I do think that it would be wise to do an interview such as that. Question. Do you think it would be wise... I don't think this would happen, but do you think it would be wise if Trump were to do an interview with Charlemagne the God? Yes. How do you I, think it I, would? I think it would be wise. You don't think Charlemagne would try to do a hit piece? Like it would be I, a hit I, piece? I don't. I, I don't. I, I've seen Charlemagne. Uh, I've seen Charlemagne's fuel, uh, fire be pretty much put out by a strong character by the name of Six Nine, <laughs> and so very, very true. Trump would basically. I, I, I find that as an opportunity to be honest, because it's like Charlemagne. He's he he leans a lot into this whole identitarian politics politics stuff, and, and but I feel Trump is a very. I don't know. I, I I think he would have a pretty easy time, and it would definitely make for a very. It'd be it'd be like a cultural moment, like definitely a cultural moment. But, but I, one of the ones that you'll like that's 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 a massive. I don't know. I, I I would feel very comfortable because the thing is, you don't poll well anyway with African Americans, like. Uh, as as a voting block, that's the one that you probably pull the least favorably. So to me, it's like you're you're who you are. It, it's just I, I agree with everything you're saying. I just think, and I don't even think that like the Breakfast Club or or Charlemagne's backers would contort the interview. I just think that that interview for like MSNBC and CNN, there there's there there will be undoubtedly opportunities where they could like seize on and be like oh you see he said this this that and the other yeah they already do it to him and i think that's one of the reasons why he's kind of uh he seems 
a lot less energetic because I think part of him doesn't know which way to step because yeah. everything that they throw at him and, and, and they, they pretty much twist and turn all his words. But the, the flip side to that argument is they're going to do it anyway. Yeah. So yeah. at what point are you just going to just kind of sort of charge through all of that? Yeah. 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 That'd be crazy. That'd be, that'd be, but yeah, you, you're right though. Like I, there is definitely a lot of ammo you would leave for uh, less than a hundred days to, to, to election to like the, the election maybe might not be a bad idea afterwards, you know? And the thing is, too, is you don't... Afterwards, motherfucking got nothing to lose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I think, too, like, it it creates an environment, like, culturally, because the thing is, like, culturally, Trump has been probably the most important president, culturally, we're speaking. Big time. Um... Definitely the most important cultural president in our lifetime. Yeah, in our lifetime, yeah, like most definitely that that would be the the guy. And so I feel like as a leaving an impression into the future of 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 the right, I think that that interview would be a a, a good one. I think the one that he could handle. Once everything is kind of like you said, once you have nothing to lose, now it's like I could kind of chill back. I don't have to fight. I could just be yeah. a natural guy. But I think culturally would be like I, I know the left wouldn't be looking forward to that interview. You know what I mean? And and with preparation, you know, like like I said, six nine. He he knew what he was getting himself into. He knew their style. He knew Charlemagne's style, and he knew how to con- keep them at bay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you have to know how to do that. And and I think that when it comes to to a lot of like the interviews, like his best interviews with with people, um, they they they're pretty smart, charismatic people. Mm-hmm. And I I would put Trump in that arena. He's not a a dumb guy. He knows how to work the room, and I don't know. I, I would definitely be interested, but yeah, will it ever happen? Hell no. <laughs> no, definitely not. Imagine though. Very interesting. Now, before we start to wrap up the episode, briefly, give me two of your favorites or most standout interviews and why and it, it could be because of the interviewer the one getting interviewed why did these stand out and this year or, or just no, in just general general and doesn't even have to be about politics it could be it could be anything any subject or or whatever the case man there's so many I can't even I already feel like I'm missing a couple let me see hmm I'm trying to go way back to see like <laughs> Jordan Peterson's uh, interview with uh, ah 
It was uh, I think she's English. Oh, yeah, the uh, Kathy. Kathy Newman. Yeah. Yeah, I because I felt like here's a man who is <laughs> keeping very good. calm and destroying this woman. It, like quite like just badly and and to me it was like basically the equivalent of when you're wa- like when you're watching a sports game and it's like man this they've been dominating they've been dominating but then you see that one amazing trick someone does right like Jordan did that with the Lakers where like he he could have dunked it and then he did that move yeah 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 and it's like he he did that because he's like no I could have done that but I'm gonna I'm I came here to this is what you wanted, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna do some of the, the most amazing shit. You'll never forget this. Yeah. And I felt like when he when he when she asked him about what uh that the question about like why do you feel comfortable speaking uh I forgot what the question exactly was, and when he answered it, he was basically saying, Well, you've been okay with making me feel uncomfortable because you wanna see what what's going on in my head so so i've answered so i mean sometimes you risk being offensive by by you know trying to get to the truth and he pretty much said and that's okay yeah and that's okay and her brain yeah yeah, it was like it couldn't take it and then it was that moment where like it was just quietness and she she was like flustered and then he's like gotcha didn't i i was like oh my god this was so i would probably say that's definitely in my top two and then after it doesn't necessarily have to be your top two just it could be yeah. like what stand the two that stand out or you know what I'm saying because I know there's so many interviews it's sort of a, a broad question but just yeah. you know something to spitball and give a quick reason why yeah that one and then and then uh this one I mean recent just because it's recent um the Trump one was really really good but the one that was very surprising and it was just one of those moments where I was like man it was uh it checked me in in a way where I was like man maybe I should evaluate things before mm-hmm. I have my own uh view on who this person is was the one with uh with 69 and Charlemagne yeah, because that's... I was like in shock and all like that guy was a lot more methodical it's a six nine and, and if you and for whoever doesn't know who six nine is the 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 rapper with the colorful hair and, and just looks like like the, like the joker <laughs> in the batman movies tattoos all over his face basically the worst stereotype of what it would be like to be to, to one of today's rappers like that's if I could stereotype uh, a rapper in in 2020, it would look like him. Mm-hmm. So, so you already have all these things that you're gonna judge this person off of. And when he spoke, and the way he controlled the room for it being his first major interview, yeah, it was it was pretty pretty shocking to me. And I was not expecting that. Um, I'm I'm sure I could think of a better interviews, but maybe more recent, I would say those two. What about you? Now, now I want to see which uh, one. Off the top, one hundred percent, I would say the Larry Elder interview on Dave Rubin's The Rubin Report, where he breaks down the myth and of systematic uh, racism and systematic oppression, yeah. like the way that he just like 
That was the moment Dave Rubin was red pilled, basically. Yeah, like that 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 one stands out to me. Yeah. Very much because it was like 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 damn, like it was just, you know what I'm saying? And <laughs> yeah. then and then it's stuff that like if you go back and like actually fact check, it all lines up and it's 100% accurate. So definitely that one um, and then another one, believe it or not, and I, I watch it. I watch it pretty often. Yeah. I don't. I don't necessarily care for the subject matter or anything like that. But I. I just like the way that the person, like, the bravado that they conduct this interview with the 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 Charlie Sheen one. Where where he's like where he's talking about yeah. like what a great life he lives like you could see that he's already sick and he's kind of drugged up and everything like that yeah and he talks about like how like he's sober now but it's clearly a lie but <laughs> the way that what I what I appreciate about that particular interview is more so his methodology in terms of not being scared of the person interviewing him and how he's able to be witty and funny and everything like it's just a very entertaining interview like you're not going to get any like scholastic value from it or anything <laughs> like that but just like in terms of like being thoroughly entertained and seeing somebody yeah. just on with their i don't give a fuck turned up to a hundred that particular <laughs> interview that was the one where he said something about, it's like oh, uh, oh, winning right yeah. yeah where he's like winning yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah a lot of quotables on that like i think it's like fucking tiger energy or there's a lot of quotable stuff in there <laughs> Yeah, so those those two particular interviews uh, stand out to me. Obviously, I'm sure I could come up with better ones, like you said, if I really like delved into yeah. the vaults. But off the top, those are the ones that stand out. I'm gonna start watching some more interviews right now. <laughs> That's our episode for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. So keep on listening. The show continues to grow because you guys keep listening. So share it. Keep on sharing it. Remember, we're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple, and Google. Follow us on Twitter at Hanging with Apes. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.